Welcome to Blackhawks Insider, the official podcast of the Chicago Blackhawks, presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive what Kane and Taves drive. I'm Carter Baum, and coming up on this week's episode, it's a special trade deadline edition of Blackhawks Insider. Myself and Chris Cook are in St. Louis. We sit down with Senior Vice President and General Manager Stan Bowman immediately following the 2020 NHL trade deadline, a trio of moves for the Blackhawks, a minor league move acquiring TJ Brennan from Philadelphia in exchange for forward Nathan Noel. Brennan, a defenseman who one time played in Rockford, will report to the Rockford Ice Hogs in a pair of moves affecting the NHL roster. Eric Gustafson was traded to Calgary for a third round pick, the higher of the two picks the Flames have in the 2020 NHL draft third round and then in a three-team trade with the result Robin Leonard heading to the Vegas Golden Knights the Blackhawks receive goaltender Malcolm Subban 2018 fourth round pick Slava Demin and a second round pick in this year's draft we'll hear from Stan Bowman himself on the moves what might have happened what didn't happen and much more coming up on this week's episode of Blackhawks Insider presented by your Chicagoland and Northwest Indiana Chevy dealers it's all about the drive. Hey Blackhawks fans, your local Chevy dealers have a once in a lifetime opportunity for you. Take your best shot to win the 2020 Chicago Blackhawks Custom Blazer. It's a one of a kind performance machine with its custom Blackhawks leather interior and Chicago Skyline grille. You can't win if you don't enter. So go to ChevyDriveChicago.com and register right now. You must be 18 years or older to enter. Someone's gotta win, so it might as well be you. Go for it. Drive what Kane and Taves drive. Welcome into Blackhawks Insider, a very special trade deadline edition of Blackhawks Insider this week. Carter Baum joined by Chris Cook and Blackhawks Senior Vice President and General Manager Stan Bowman now sitting down with us after Stan what has been a busy day. I'm sure uh, the phones are ringing off the hook all day long. A couple moves coming to fruition today. Uh, first off, what what's today been like as a whole? I mean, it seems like across the league, deals are flying left and right today, maybe more so than in deadlines past. Uh, that's right, Carter. I didn't see the final tally, but there were certainly a, a flurry of moves when we got closer to the deadline. And it's been a, a very busy stretch of days, not just today, even going back probably close to a week. Uh, I've had several conversations, probably over 100 uh, phone calls in the last week uh, with uh, differing levels of interest, but uh, I've spoken to every team, uh, talked about a lot of different scenarios. So uh, that's what this time of year is like. And um, uh, that's our job is to stay in touch and make sure that we understand what other teams are looking to do. And uh, you, you're right, we were finally able to pull off a couple moves and uh, you know, we like how it all played out in the end. Stan, you end up doing three moves to uh, two involving guys who are on the roster right now. Did today go according to plan, if there is a plan, or is there always just so many just kind of variables that you kind of take as it comes? Yeah, you do have a plan, and you have to adjust as things change uh, when you s start speaking to other teams and finding out uh, how they see your players and how they see the, the potential deals in place. Uh, you know, the two roster players that we moved in, Robin Leonard and Eric Gustafson, were both unrestricted free agents and I think looking at the management of your assets that's the first and foremost thing that you're trying to make sure you do a good job in our position of 
uh, looking at the options for players like that. So if a player doesn't have a contract next year, um, their value starts to diminish uh, rapidly once you pass the trade deadline because uh, that player is not eligible to be traded and uh, not signed beyond this year. So uh, I think that was our focus today. Certainly other names came up and teams uh, called on certain players and we had discussions, but um, there wasn't a an urgency to do something with, with any other player because uh, they still had term or their status was different at the end of this year. So, uh, yeah, I thought it was important for us to have uh, a lot of dialogue on both Gustafson and Leonard and, and see where the league, uh, what they saw about our players and their interest level. And, um, you know, you can only make a deal when it comes together what uh, you're comfortable with and what other teams are willing to offer. And uh, at the end of the day, we ended up where we did. I'm not sure you're able to answer this or not, but I think we all knew Gustafson was probably going to go. He wasn't on the road trip um, in, for precautionary reasons, I'm guessing. But going into today, were you determined to trade Robin Leonard or were you still hoping that something could be worked out as far as a contract? Um, I wouldn't say determined to do it. I think it's our job, like I just referenced, when you have a player whose contract is expiring, mm-hmm. uh, I think part of your job is to uh, find out uh, what makes the most sense. And if you're able to recoup some assets from, you know, a player who we signed last summer and, um, you know, he's done a great job for us this year. I, I guess I should comment a little bit on Robin's time in Chicago. Um, fantastic uh, personality. I think it's been really fun to get to know him. Uh, tremendous person. Uh, played great for us in his time here. Um, but then you look at where we're at and you assess the that we could um, get some assets for him. I think that's always balancing the short term and the long term. And the long term um, draft choices and prospects are important. They're the lifeblood of your organization. So uh, you have to look at both sides of that when you're deciding is it better to keep a player or trade them. For the last month or so, you said we're going to see how the team plays before we decide whether we're going to buy or sell. I think you've been three, six, and two since February. Did that kind of determine that you would be more of a seller than a buyer? Well, I, th- I think obviously our st- we've had a tougher time over the last uh, ten or twelve games. Um, we had a pretty good streak uh, going there leading into the break, uh, and then we came out of the break with a, a good game, and we had um, some struggles after that. Uh, a lot of uh, competitive games. I mean, a lot of one goal losses. So I, I think we're right there. As far as being in the game and uh, having a chance to win it, we just haven't been able to get uh, everything coming together for us to get the win. So uh, certainly where we are in the standings when you get to this point in the season, that factors into your decisions of does it make sense to expend assets to uh, bring players in, and that's more of a short-term win-now mentality. Or are you looking down the road a little bit and trying to recoup some assets, and that's what we – uh, decided to do. I think I know you a little bit, and I, we know the players and the leaders in that room. I'm guessing you're not giving up on, even on this season. Eight points back, long, you know, long road. Some teams to bypass, but is it still a belief with the group you have you can make that kind of run? Yeah, I do think so. I, we haven't had the success the last ten or twelve games, um, but I really like the competitive nature of our group. Um, never say die approach, and w- whether it's behind in a game or. Uh, you know, a stretch of games where things aren't going our way, you can see the passion for our guys to try to find a way to get the victory. So uh, I don't expect that to change at all. Um, there's a lot of guys with a lot of pride in that group. 
ourselves included, the front office, the coaches, the players, everybody wants to win. And um, it's a tough league to win in. We, we know that. There's a lot of teams that are close in the standings. We do have some ground to make up, no question about that. Uh, we have our work cut out, uh, but we can't try to win games more than tomorrow night. And you, you try to win the, the next game you're playing. And if you have a good night, then you build on that and you try to win the next one. So um, that's the way we're approaching it. And, uh, you know, we want our guys to stay engaged and to keep pushing to get better. Stan, when you look at some of the return coming back and particularly these two moves, uh, more maybe more of a minor league move that we can talk about later on as a third, but you get a second-round draft pick back, you get a third-round draft pick, and a couple, I imagine, up-and-coming. You have Malcolm Subban in goal, as well as Slava Demin, who's uh, two years from being drafted as well. What do you like about kind of what you're able to bring back in terms for both of these players? Well, draft cho choices are always important. That's something that you can build on as you go forward in, in your franchise. You know, young players are what this f this league is built upon, and um, you know, particularly the first couple rounds is where most of the players come from. It's not a secret. To, I'm not telling you something you don't know. Uh, but those early, you know, I think the first three rounds are where the lion's share of the players come from. Uh, certainly you can, you need to have success drafting four through seven round as well. But when you're able to acquire some of those, uh, draft choices early in the draft, um, it's just a better pool of players that you're picking from. So, uh, we like the fact that we are able to add that. We didn't have a second round pick coming into today and now we've got a, a full complement. um, you know, in the first three rounds, we have four picks, so that's important. I think we're going to get some nice players in that mixture. I've had a chance to do some scouting this year and s watching some of the players that are uh, available, and um, I like what I see. I think it's a strong draft. Um, we'll dive into that more as we get into the spring, but um, it's promising. And, you know, Slava Demon is a impressive young guy. We have pretty good exposure with him. He's a teammate of Ian Mitchell. Um, last two years, he's played uh, on the same team as Ian, and we've spent a lot of time um, working with Ian over the last few seasons. So I think we got a very good read on him. He's a guy that when you go to watch Mitchell play, he always caught my eye. I noticed him uh, even when I wasn't necessarily watching out for him. Um, he, he's a, a good-sized guy, you know, six foot two, uh, smooth skater. Um, he's got a pretty good, well-rounded game for a young defenseman, uh, and we like the upside there. Uh, he was a player we got to know pretty well a couple years ago in his draft year. Um, we were comfortable with him, and um, now that he's really taken that next step as well, uh, I think he's had a really uh, a big jump forward this year. Uh, we like his game, and uh, we think he's somebody that uh, has potential to be a good NHL player. How does that relationship with Ian Mitchell there, help you maybe go back to that well and, and find someone who works there. You mentioned you kept catching your eye, and I'm sure perhaps even a conversation with Ian Mitchell or two about kind of what this player is about. How much does that help in your your ability to acquire someone or your confidence in being able to acquire someone like that? Well, I think uh, the biggest thing is just our comfort level knowing um, – the strength of that program. Uh, Denver's done a tremendous job uh, in the last several years in developing their players into N NHL candidates. And, uh, you know, Ian is our uh, top prospect right now, and we, we've dedicated a lot of time to get to know Ian and 
help him grow his game. So we're there quite a bit. We watch a lot of their games. And in the process of doing that, we've got a comfort level with Stalava as well. And like I said, even going back to the draft, uh, I remember sitting down interviewing him, met with him a couple times. So he's a player we have some familiar familiarity with. And uh, I think coming from a, a strong program where they do a good job of preparing their players for professional hockey, uh, that played a role in it as well. I'd like to take you back to the goaltending situation. Obviously, uh, Robin and Corey Crawford, both unrestricted free agents. Leonard um, could come back, right? I mean, in, in theory, that he's going to be available. Have you thought about next year already? No, I'm putting you on the spot already. It's not my money to spend. But have you thought about whether you try to bring Corey back or Subban in the in the picture? Have you thought about what's going to happen in that next year? Well, that's something we're going to get to in the coming weeks and months. But, uh, no, I think today that wasn't our focus. Mm-hmm. Today, you know, with the deadline in front of you, I think you're focused on uh, trying to make some transactions to make sure you get value for players that are, um, you know, when you get past today, their their value plummets as uh, pending UFAs. So I think you have to take advantage of the situation. As far as next year, that's something that we do have to sort out, and uh, we will do that in the coming weeks and months, but that wasn't so much the focus today. I'm always curious about what kind of phone calls you get do you get any wild ones saying, hey, we want Kane, we want Taves, and you know we're going to give you this? Or is it, do people pretty much know what you're looking for and what you're going to give up? Uh, you do certainly get some of those off-the-wall questions every now and then or proposals, if you want to call them that. Uh, not as much this year. I think most of the things that were uh, pitched to us were things that we could realistically uh, consider, and we did. Uh, and we also made some interesting pitches to some other teams, I think, that got them thinking. Um, ultimately, you know, I've said this before, about 95% of what you talk about never comes to be. So we had a lot of interesting conversations. Uh, nothing really out of the ordinary this time. It was more things that uh, realistically could happen. And sometimes uh, what I've found is this is the laying the seed for something that might take place in the summer or you know, six months from now. Uh, you know, in the past week, I've had more conversations with general managers than probably in the leading couple months. So you get an idea of which players of yours they are interested in. And similarly, they know through uh, proposals going back and forth which players of theirs you like. And oftentimes you circle back on that later on when you know, things change quite a bit. Teams that look a certain way today, you get to mid to late June and there's the draft and there's a lot of player movement leading into free agency. A lot of pieces move around. So I think, you you know, you make notes of names that have come up and I think that's a lot of times how deals are built in the summer. Stan, I want you to, if you can, take us inside what the quote-unquote war room looks like on deadline day. I mean, phone calls I'm sure coming in and out you have kind of your trusted group of uh, kind of everyone with their key responsibilities whether it's amateur scouting uh, you know Mark Bernard with the AHL you have all your people around you when a call comes in how quickly do you kind of vet something bounce ideas off each other what's that what's that situation like over the course of what seems like only a few hours but I'm sure it's a very long time uh, in reality yeah, today it's you know we started early. Um, you know, being in Central Time, we started you know before seven in the morning meeting, and 
you know, the 2 p.m. deadline is you got to make sure that you get in there early and uh, start making calls. I think a lot of it's a discussion and dialogue over things that are pitched. And, you know, there were certainly some phone calls. A lot of it's done through text. You get a text from the general manager. Would you guys consider this? Um, what are you looking to do? Uh, I've heard you might be moving this player. Is that true? And if so, do we have anything that interests you? So uh, that will usually lead into a separate discussion amongst our staff about this is a player that sounds like they're available. Um, what do we think of them? We talk about our, some of our scouting staff was in with uh, Ryan Stewart, Alex Brooks. Um, and you know what we're trying to do at that point is find out what we think of the player. Um, you know, how does he fit into our team? So it's a lot of back and forth that way. Uh, and there's a lot of phone calls for sure. Uh, there's a lot of communication with other GMs. Uh, you know, in today's day and age, it's, it's just as easy to send a quick text. Um, and I think that's a way that we've communicated pretty well with, with the GMs, uh, at least in recent years. And, you know, there's a lot of people on phone calls, so sometimes a quick text will do it, yes or no. What do you think of these three players? So um, that's the way it goes. And, you know, there's a lot of talking. And uh, even though we, we beat it up pretty good, sometimes uh, you decide that it's just that there isn't a deal there. And, um, you know, that's part of it as well. How do you keep your phone charged? It seems like for the last week, I mean, you're, you're either on it, on a phone call, texting. You right. mentioned all these different conversations. I mean, you kind of always have to be connected to an outlet of some sort. You do actually. Here it is, right here, and as you can see, <laughs> his phone in. right it's a giant now. Plug. Yeah. His <laughs> phone is sitting on the table with the cord still plugged in it, and kind of the the brick that goes into the wall still attached to yeah. it. So fresh, so, and fresh. And his phone is line. smoking too. Right. Right. Yeah, it's uh, it's cooling yeah. down. It's you know when it's hot out in the summer, and your phone goes, "Hey, it's too hot right too now. Much. You got to take yeah. a break. You got to take a break." I don't know. I'm sure you didn't get to catch any of the deadline coverage on TV, but uh, on the Sportsnet panel they had you know a couple different guests one of them was ryan kessler and he mentioned that in 2014 kind of when he was looking at leaving vancouver uh, a lot of blackhawks fans might not be thrilled to hear it but the blackhawks were maybe on his short list of teams that he was willing to look at uh, how when you have a situation like that where it's a it's an intense rival I mean, obviously, you look at the talent, you want to bring it in, but there's some animosity in the room between those players, too. I mean, just looking at a particular situation like that, what, uh, what kind of goes through your mind when, I, when you hear me say that and that that was kind of on maybe his radar way back when? Certainly, you have rivals, and, you know, when you're talking about that, there's a lot of passion that's involved. Uh, my experience with that is guys that hate playing against competitors like that, when they become part of your team they fit in really well and you love them on your team so I think they can be forgotten pretty quickly uh so uh, it's one of those you want to have them on your side you don't want to play against them type right of. I think that's what makes a lot of these those type of competitive players um effective is uh their teammates love playing with them they don't like to play against them so uh, you know as far as how those deals work usually you know you have discussions like I said a minute ago uh, we had a lot of interesting conversations today with GMs that, that don't ever go anywhere, but um, and nobody will ever know that other than the two GMs uh, and their staffs. But um, I think that that probably happens more than people expect, is that uh, 
a rival player who is someone that you don't like to play against and is is not a fan favorite. If they were to join your team, I think the fans could understand that they could help you win. I'm wondering where your mindset is now. Got the stretch run of the season. It's got 20 games left. You've got you've hit the trade deadline. You made some moves. Where are you as far as where this team is now and, and in the future, beginning with the you know the draft, but then in the next year? How comfortable are you with knowing that you're heading in the right direction? Well, I mean, teams change quite a bit from the trade deadline till the following training camp. So uh, not just our team, but you look at every team out there today, if you take a snapshot of their what their team looks like today, and then you compare it to their team in uh, October, quite a bit of changes across every team. So uh, it's pretty early right now to try to get a read on what our team is going to look like next year because there's going to be some changes uh, between now and then. Uh, I think there's certainly some players that aren't going to be changed out, and that's the you know, the young players that are starting to get their feet wet with our team and um, building and growing their NHL careers. And I think that's what the important thing is as we go down the stretch here is you want to see the young players play an important role, um, gain some confidence, and be better players by the end of the season. That's going to be what propels our team in a positive direction leading into next season. You're going to have some new faces come in as well, uh, and you need your veteran players to be as good. They're, they're usually pretty consistent. Uh, I think that's what makes them veterans is they've been through it year after year, and they they tend to bring uh, some consistency to the table. Um, so I think what we're looking for down the stretch here is for the young players to show that they can take a step forward and um, not just be NHL players but start to make an impact. And um, that's the goal between now and the end of our season. And then between the end of our season and the next training camp, you know, we have some reshaping to do. Uh, and there will be some movement in new players and um, then next year is a different year. So uh, it's a bit of a combination of, of those factors. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but is it are you disappointed that you're in the situation today where you're you're selling more than buying? I mean, you put together a roster at the start of the season, but then injuries hit you. Brent Siebert goes out. Kevin DeHaan goes out. Andrew Shaw goes out. And, you know, that happens every year there are injuries, but it just seems like they just piled on each other, and you guys weren't able to maintain, you know, a consistency. Is it disappointing that you're in this mode today? Well, I think the important thing, Chris, is to assess where you're at and move forward. Like everybody, every team in the league has a plan that they want to try to follow, and it's a process you go through. You spend time mapping things out, and then life happens and things change. So uh, you have to adjust based upon where you're at. So this is what makes most sense for us. This is where we are today, and you know we have to make the moves that we make for the short term, but also to build for the long term. So you can characterize it any way you want, whether it's disappointing, frustrating. There's a lot of adjectives you can use for it, uh, but that's only part of the picture. What matters is what do you do? This is where we are, so you have to look at it realistically and then try to plot out how you're going to move from here to where you want to get to. Well, Stan, thank you for giving us uh, a few minutes of your time. I know it's been a very busy day, a very busy week. Hopefully your phone can cool off a little bit. You can maybe get some ice on your texting thumbs and That's right. uh, have at least one night where you maybe don't think as much about it because I know your mind's always looking at what's next. But thanks for some time today, and uh, we really appreciate it. Thanks, Carter. Appreciate it.
That will do it for this week's episode for Chris Cook. A special thank you to Stan Bowman once again for his time this week. We'll see you next time on Blackhawks Insider presented by Chevy Drive Chicago. Drive what Kane and Taves drive.